So first, tell me why you're here. I'm here because I was asked to uh, uh, be on a panel to uh, uh, share about the process of uh, Act 56 legislatively. That's why. Um, Darren Springer in his talk talked about there being reasons to celebrate and also challenges. Tell me what you thought about that. I think he's absolutely right. Um, states come a long way in uh, clean energy, efficiency, weatherization, um, transforming to the new energy future. And uh, along with those successes, um, be- our challenges and the challenges sometimes are unintended consequences that nobody has ever ever thought about before or, or at the speed that you're you're developing you run into things that uh, um, maybe shouldn't happen you don't want to have happen and you and you have to address that can you give me an example what you mean about that well for I, I um, Right, wrong, indifferent. There are, are 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 people who see who are upset with with some of the placements of some of the larger uh, solar installations, and um, uh, I think some of that is is legitimate. And um, we have to uh, find ways to um, ad- address that, um, and um, we have to find out. Uh, what the real cause of, of the problem is uh, before you can address that. You mentioned solar. What about wind? What do you mean, what about wind? Well, you said that there were challenges in siting and questions. And uh, Would you feel the same way about wind? Well, certainly I feel the same about wind, but I think that w- with wind, those projects are, are, are large enough that they go through the uh, full-blown, um, not overnight, regulatory process. And I think that if you were to kind of do some research on um, where you're hearing um, uh, towns and localities have complained about some solar projects, they're of a particular type and size, and they are the 150 uh kilowatt net metered project and um, and that's because that project goes through a expedited permit process and and yet the 500 kW size project which is not a whole lot bigger in in, in footprint goes through a a rigorous permit process and there's been uh, to my um, knowledge uh, little if no opposition to uh, those projects that have been cited. So if you look at that, you say, okay, well, if 150 net metered projects are uh, causing some problem because of an expedited permit process, well, maybe we have to rethink that and look at that. So those are some of the things that you can do. Um, the the wind projects are, are big projects. There There's nobody getting an overnight uh, uh, permit in wind pro- it takes years. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. What did it take Sheffield? Ten years. Um, so it's not a, it's 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 not a quick process. Um, I think a lot of, uh, and actually, um, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. This part is off the record. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I think a lot. I, I, I think um, that there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, about the public service board process. 
on the one hand. On the other hand, I think that there are a lot of uh, things that the uh, Public Service Board has the power to do um, that they're not doing. And I'm going, to, uh, in, in the near future, encourage them to use the existing broad authorities that they have to uh, uh, incorporate some of the some of the problems and, 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 and wishes that folks in, in certain areas in towns uh, want to have uh, their voices uh, heard better. Uh, there's no reason why they can't be heard. And there's really no reason why we can't find uh, uh, satisfactory uh, solutions uh, to these issues. But what we, what we can't forget is, is that um, the, the um, development of the clean energy sector is not a result of, of just a, you know, a group of, of uh, a small number of individuals saying, how can we get rich quick? Um, in fact, if you look at most of the developers in the state of Vermont, they live in the state, state of Vermont, and a lot of them are um, young people who have gone to school here and left and have come back and now are, are, are creating uh, jobs and industry th uh, um, through this, so you know when you have um, when you have the um, uh, legislative policy, which has not happened overnight. Um, in fact, it's been in the making for 15 or, or, or 20 years, and um, it's it's had broad, overwhelming support. It's it's not just you know Representative Klein and Governor Shumlin and Speaker Smith and a few others whose names are, you know, brought out uh, a lot as, uh, w w you know, uh, don't have that kind of uh, power that uh, do that. But if you, if you look at all the legislation that we have passed over the years, it's had overwhelming support by the, most of it's been unanimous votes. So it's not as if it's something that's been rammed down people's throats and it, it's also uh, had this, has the support of, of our, our utility sector and our transmission company. That's rare in a state that, that those three entities line up and, and work together in, in a transformation of, uh, of an involving uh, energy sector. It's, it's, if, if you look at, and if you were, you know, for example, if you were at the Al Gore event, you, 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 know, you, you saw maps of, of how many big baseload generators are coming offline in this country. Uh, coal is rapidly declining. Uh, nukes are rapidly uh, declining. We see how hard it is to uh, build out gas pipelines. Uh, um, so the, the era and the day of large transmission and, and, and large baseload uh, generation is disappearing. That's not, a, that's not a Vermont thing. That's not a local thing. That's happening worldwide. It's happening across the country. And, has, and a lot of it has to do with eco economics and, and, and moving away from fossil fuel. And, and a lot of it um, has to do with grid security changing how the grid works you know we we have strings and sticks up there that that are uh, um, very very vulnerable 
and the closer that you bring uh, the power generation to its use, the less vulnerable these, these things are. And that's what this is about. And, and for me, it's interesting because, you know, my wife and I mo moved here as part of the Back to the Land movement in the, you know, the early, early 70s, and it was about the Vermont spirit and the independent spirit and, and uh, um, you know, heat your house with the wood that, that, you, that, 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 that you cut, build your own house, grow your own food. Um, well, this is about creating our own, our own energy for our, our, our own use as well. And Can I just interrupt yeah. you? What, so what's the, what's the public service board not doing that would make people feel like they're being heard? You mentioned that there was stuff almost already on the books that's not being done. The public service board has existing broad statutory authority, for example, Um, there is nothing on the books that uh, says that the Public Service Board cannot listen to a town, okay? okay. They, they can listen to towns. They should listen uh, to towns. They, there is nothing on the books that says uh, the Public Service Board can't look at a project and, and say, you know, if you put it over here instead of over there, if you scaled it down or you put this type of screening, it's all within their, all within their existing authority to do. And they need to do it. And um, um, I don't mind telling you that when I hear the chair of the Public Service Board make statements that they're only doing what the legislature tells them what to do, and if you don't like what we're doing, go, go talk to the legislature. Um, I react negatively to that because that's just not necessarily so. And what I'm fearful of is that if, if, if people are gonna really turn on the public service board and, 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 and me knowing that, that they already have existing authority to, um, uh, to be more nimble, okay, uh, to be more helpful, um, existing already and if they're not going to do that then eventually there is going to be a lot of pressure put on the legislature to tell them exactly what to do um, one i don't think that the public service board or anybody's going to like that i don't think that we're really well equipped to do that and i worry about that so um, i guess what i can share with you now is that i've drafted a letter uh, pretty much saying these things and a lot more to the Public Service Board, asking them to use the tools that are already existing in the toolbox, and, and which will make it uh, so that more people will feel uh, part of the process and they'll have a better understanding of it. And I don't really want to see us undo what I consider to be, for the most part, positive a positive regulatory process that we've seen for the past 40-plus year just be undone uh, willy-nilly um, because of emotion. Thank you.